John Boy Media has a new teammate. It's iHeart Podcast. What does it mean? John Boy Media shows can now be found over at the Dan Patrick Show. That's right. How cool is that? Wake and Jake and Jimmy's three things have joined the iHeart Podcast and Dan Patrick Show family. And the best part, they'll still continue to be the same shows you know and love. If you couldn't tell, we're excited about this one. And thank you guys for listening. What's up and welcome to the Talking Yanks pregame show. It's game three of the ALCS, the American League Division Series. The Yankees took game one. The Astros took game two. Who will take game three? Tune in and find out. That was my best attempt at a real, real opening. Two juggernauts. Yankees came through in game one. Game two, Astros fought back. Took extras, but they did it. Game three today in the Bronx. That's like, that was like, uh, that's like the lead in right before the game. Yeah. Yeah. You thought the Astros were just going to go down? Alex Bregman did it. <laughs> Do another one. Uh, sports. Ah, I like the last one the best. Ah. What's. Ah! It's game three. Lineups are out. Astros took forever to put their lineup out. So scared. I heard there was a big fight. Big fight. They're like, Cole, do we have to play Maldonado tonight? Can't you just use anyone as your catcher? You're good enough for that, right? He was like, no. Everything needs to be perfect. Everything needs to be perfect. And then Maldonado was awkwardly in the back like, I'll try my hardest. And they were like, we don't want to start Maldonado, Garrett. He was like, I need everything to be perfect. So Maldonado's in there. And uh, it's a big contentious battle. But Cole wins out. He needs his personal catcher. You know, kind of uh, got a couple marbles loose. He's like, I need, uh, need my personal catcher. So, wow. Where were the marbles? Loose, dude. How you doing, Jim? I'm tired, and I still feel sick. Okay. Pretty good, then. (laughs) (laughs) Yankees lineup is as follows. DJ LeMay is leading off. He's playing first base. How about that? Aaron Judge batting second, playing right field. Brett Gardner finds his way back into the three-hole behind him. Uncle Edwin at DH. Glaber Torres in the five hole playing second. Then another lefty, D.D. Gregorius at short. Gary Sanchez catching. Gio Urshela at third. And Aaron Hicks has his first playoff start and his first start in two months at the nine hole. Luis Severino on the mound. Jake, there's a couple things that you know are talking points once you see this lineup. First, and this isn't a lot of people's first talking point, they're balancing out the lefties. You got Guardy three, DD six, Hicks nine. So, you know, righty, righty, lefty, righty, righty, lefty, righty, righty, lefty. You guys get it? It's a pattern. Couple different couple different things going on here, and I, I already got into it with some of the analytics Twitter because we were, you know, there was excitement when Glaber got moved up. And he's the better hitter and more at bats, et cetera, et cetera. I do think there's value in splitting up 
the righties with Cole. I mean, you gotta you gotta dig for every trick in the book, kind of against this dude. And uh, yeah, I mean, if there was a run of four righties to start the game, I just think you're giving Garrett Cole a chance. You basically give Garrett Cole a better chance of finding his groove, where at least Guardy is a totally different at bat. Um, and you know, you 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 see that the Yankees, whatever you think, if you're analytical, if you're not analytical. The Yankees that put together this lineup clearly had the mindset that they were going to have Guardy third, move Didi up to six, and have Hicks in the back spot to get more balance throughout the lineup. I like it, um, and yeah, I mean it's it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see because I mean if you make changes, you know, essentially minor minor changes will have. <laughs> We'll have Boone's neck out there. Boone could be a genius in a couple hours, or he could look like an idiot if the best pitcher in baseball gets a lot of guys out, which he's gonna. I still don't think Boone makes these decisions. Um, no, but people will point at Boone. Yes, okay. Uh, Jake, yes. my flaw is... My name. It's not El Gary. The hat lied. Did you hear me sneeze earlier? No, you muted it. It's yeah, pretty. smart, huh? I'm like a professional broadcaster. I muted yeah. myself and sneezed. How about that? Anyway, uh, I would have put Glaber for it by talking about it. Uh, when you do something very professional, you need to let everyone know. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. It's like the number one rule of being why a professional. That's why I've never said that. <laughs> yeah, jeez. Uh, I would have put Glaber for Edwin Five. Eddie's look bad. Goal's going to throw a lot of fastballs. Hopefully Edwin runs into one or something. But, uh, yeah, Edwin's looked awful. Yeah. And then I don't care about the rest. Hicks getting his first start. That's exciting. He's never faced Cole before. But he took a couple balls and close pitches and then made good contact in his one at bat. We'll see how his arm is in center field. Because if you are the Astros... You have to test it. If a, if a time comes up where, you know, you can tag up on Hicks if he's deep or you can, you know, basically that's it. Or you can go second home on a ball to Hicks. You have to test his arm. This is a dude that was contemplating Tommy John, started throwing. He's usually got a very feared arm. They don't even test it. They won't even run on him. It's kind of like, you know, Revis Island when he was such a good corner that he didn't get any interceptions because they didn't even attack him. Like, Aaron Hicks doesn't have a lot of outfield assists because no one attempts to run on him. You have to run on Hicks if you're the Astros and, and see what his arm is right away. So I'm a little nervous about that. A, I'm the cross-sports analogy guy. So I'm just, the, uh, yeah, but I'm the one being a professional today, and you're just kind of being okay, a schlub. that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, Thank you. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Love him. Aaron Hicks, play yeah. at third, throws as hard as he can, hurts his arm. Yeah. Idiot or hero? <laughs> um, idiot. Kind of, right? Um, unless he makes that throw. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, if, yeah. it's only if he hurts his arm and he's out. Then it's like, okay. Do you see this? It'll be, it'll be interesting if there's a fly ball to center, runner on second base, and it's like, a play that they'd never tag on Hicks. I I wonder if Houston does want to test him or if they're like, that's kind of dumb. Because what if his arm is good? You got to test him. Can you sit like how I'm sitting? See how big in my head no. looks? 
It would help you out. It would be huge for me. See, right now, the perk of the small head for me is that my shoulders look decently sized. So that's kind of net net a win for me. Can you my do, head's never gonna look big, so look I might how as big look my head looks. You see how big it looks? I'm telling you, man, it's it's not a huge dome. Dome. Our friend Nick has a huge dome. You've got a nice it. It's above average dome. No, it ranks out as average. Measure. We 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 do this once a month. I'm not going to do it for the for the fans. But I want no sit like I'm sitting so I can see your. I'm not, head. Jim. I just explained to you why. You got a full explanation. You sit like um, this, and your head looks small. Not sitting like that right now. Um, I do that sometimes. I've been calling it my disappearing head trick. Tough for the podcast listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, for Houston, Jim, we see some slight changes in the lineup. Uh, Springer Dinger, leadoff Altuve slides up to the two-hole, and he plays second base. So there's some whoa there. Brantley third, Bregman fourth, Gurry L will be batting fifth. Jordan Alvarez, that's a change too. They they moved Guriel up and they moved Alvarez down. Correa stays in the seventh slot. Reddick will be coming in and playing right field. Woo! And Maldonado, Cole's personal catcher, which you touched upon a little bit on on the out <laughs> outright there. There's so much outrage in the clubhouse today. Yeah. Hinch Hinch was in Garrett Cole's face. We don't want to start Maldonado, Garrett. Yeah. And Garrett Cole was like, everything has to be perfect. And Maldonado was just sitting in the corner eating seeds one at a time. Oh, my God. Are they talking about me? It was, it was contentious. Sounds it for sure. Jim, you're <laughs> scared about Altuve sliding up. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think that Altuve in the two-hole is smart. They haven't been doing that. I've said on several different podcasts that I think he's the head of the snake and that if you can quiet Altuve, you can quiet the rest of the lineup. Um He's actually gotten like four hits in the two games, I think, or something like that. Um, I think they finally got smart, and they moved Altuve back up to the two-all, and I wish they wouldn't have. Yeah, I um, I, I don't know. I, I'm more of a, if we're doing head of the snake analogies, I, I think Springer is in that, in that leadoff spot there. Springer could uh, have a bad game, and they can still win. They did that in the ALDS. Springer's only good game, they won. Um, Springer's bad game they lost so far. Um, I I don't know. I I just think he's super underrated for part of this team. I I think, Jim, the bigger thing is, and you and I have been on this, Adovino, Springer got him. Um, Are they going to go back to that matchup when it's the third time through the lineup? Um, Do they want to test out that Springer-Altuve window? Um, Or maybe is there a chance that they they use Adovino in the Correa-Reddick-Maldonado window? Um, Correa is the guy that got us last game. Um, you can try to neutralize him with that. And then Reddick and Maldonado, a lot less threatening than what Springer and Altuve can potentially do to you. Um, I, I think the, the reliever windows, you talked about it a little bit on Talking Baseball, and smoltzy has been all over it. The more they see these relievers, um, do the Yankees try to mix that up, or are the Yankees going to bury their heels in and say, hey, Adovino, go get Springer today and don't do that bullshit? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, well, I'm interested to see if the Yankees throw the same relievers at the same guy three games in a row. Like, Britain is going to be three games in a row. I think Canely's been used both games, right? So, 
it will be interesting to see how they deploy that. Severino starting. I don't have confidence in Severino. I'm I'm but I don't have a lack of confidence either. Um I don't think he'll be given a chance to blow the game if he's not on. And we've yet to see this is what I said on talking baseball this morning. We've yet to see Severino breeze through a playoff game. Either he does bad or he struggles every inning, traffic, struggling, finding command, gets out of it. With his, he's had like two or three good outings in the postseason, and uh, they're they're like hectic. There, there is a lot of traffic and stuff. So, I'm very interested to see what we have with Severino. We do have the four o'clock start. Buck Walter said, "You're a pretty bad pitcher if you can't get through the lineup the first time in a four o'clock start." And we got two power pitches with big breaking ball, breaking stuff. So it, it should be bad for the hitters the first couple and of Jimmer, may, maybe that's, you know, a lot of people are probably thinking that's advantage Cole. Cole's going to do his thing. Either way. Day, night, on the moon. He'd actually be bad. I don't on think he'd have good control on the moon. But Seve, like you said, A, the stadium's going to be rocking, so Seve's going to be pretty juiced. In those early innings with the shadows, as long as Seve's putting his fastball slider in the zone, he should be pretty good. Which, if Sevy can get that ball rolling and that confidence up, that might be big for him, especially with the juices flowing and everything. Um, and I, I think something else you and I stumbled into was it feels like after this first inning for Severino, we're either going to be like, okay, like we're Sevy's going to be fighting through three, or like you could see Sevy turn it on and bring that five inning pitch, 8K performance, and then kick it to the pin. Um, and I think that would. That would be impactful. I know the the bullpen stuff's getting overblown because if the Yankees scored three runs in the last game, we'd be cheering for the Yankees' bullpen and not talking about the Astros guys seeing them too much. Um, but, yeah, I kind of like I, – I, I like if Severino could give a little extra effort. Not <laughs> I'm not going to ask for Tanaka's effort because that was incredible. But, uh, yeah, if we could get, you know – the sixth inning and Maldonado's leading off the inning, I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I want you to be happy. And you want me to be happy, which is which is a good thing. Get five. Get through five, one or less. Do you think... Another question. I'm ready. CC could become more of a factor after his appearance. CC is not part of the nine-inning plan, and I don't think he will ever be part of the nine-inning plan. Let me give you a scenario. Lay it on me. Sevy looks good. He's cruising through five or so. Um, He's dominated Springer and Altuve, their first two at-bats. His pitch count's pretty good. He's rolling. Yanks are up 2-0. They give him Springer. Altuve gives him a tough at bat. Michael Brantley, two outs. CC? Canely. In the fourth or the fifth, you're going to burn him? Yep. Okay. There's runners like runners on and two outs? It's high leverage. So let's give it to our high leverage guy who faces lefties. Yeah, I don't like that. I mean, that's what they did yesterday or two days ago. 
Right, but I, I think that's that's a perfect opportunity where you could UCC, get Brantley, and then you could come in with a fresh in and go to your, your righty specialist and have Canely ready to go. Yeah, if CC sees the ball in a close game before the four horsemen and Chad, that's bad in my opinion. Okay, I think that's an ins- that's an easy way to overmanage and why get beat with your sixth best pitch? It's a lefty specialist early in the game, is what I'd say. Nah, he's not really a lefty specialist. He's a he's done it. That once. slider is that slider absolutely is. No, but he's done it like once. Canley's been our lefty guy all season. CC's been perfect in his two lefty appearances. Relieving. Yeah. Small sample size. SSS. The SSS Army. Well, what if I told you this season, CC Sabathia versus lefties held them to a 198 batting average? If you bring Canley in to face a lefty in a high leverage situation and Canley blows it, that's on Canley. If you bring CC in in a high leverage situation and CC blows it, that's on Boone. What if you don't have that lefty? What if you could have Canley ready to go in the seventh inning in a higher leverage situation? That's that is exactly how I do not want them to manage. Attack the moment at hand with your best, and that's what they've been doing all postseason. I love it. Yeah, it hadn't worked one time though. When? Last game. It worked. Ran out of arms. Yeah, that's on the offense. It's not on the. Well, it's there's a whole chain effect. I mean, what if if you could just chop off a couple batters here and there? Maybe Chapman could have had an easier inning, and he gets to go too. I mean, there's there is a little bit of a ripple effect. Yeah, offense needs to score runs, and Boone's been handling the bullpen perfectly. Yeah, I don't want CC above anyone else. But what do you think the uh, honest, honest, worst and best? For Garrett Cole is in this game. Uh, best is eight innings, one earned run. Yeah, I agree. Um, worst, you think eight innings, zero earned runs could be best? Uh I guess there's a chance. I mean, it's it's fucking baseball, you know. I just I just think the Yankees will either be able to run into one or small ball one or. You know, get get a runner on, and and Cole gets a little shaky. Um, you know, there's Garrett Cole's numbers are incredible. He doesn't face the Yankees every time. He doesn't face a good team a lot. Um, so I I mean I believe in the Yanks. I think worst case, if if I give Garrett Cole eight innings, zero earned runs, then I can give him six and four. That's the real worst case. I was going to go five and five and four. Wow. High pitch count. I don't think they're going to be able to high pitch count them. Me neither, because I think they're going to try to attack early. <laughs> you just said that. <laughs> yeah, but it's – well, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but I think it's in the realm of possibility. Okay. Well, there's – realm of possibility gets tricky. But, yeah, I mean, Cole's going to be out there for a while. They're going to ride him till his arm's done. They have to. Yeah. Falls off. No. Yeah. All right. Anything else? We kind of did bullpen. We did starting pitching. You got, I mean, I'm watching the first time they can run on Hicks. I'm paying attention to that. Edwin, um, in 2-0 counts, I need Edwin and Gary to take the bat off their fucking shoulders. 
if they somehow find themselves in a 2-0 count. You had a really good stat on Talking Baseball today that I think is a good what to watch for. Garrett Cole, when he's ahead in the count, is basically unhittable. If he gets ahead, you're doomed in a way. If he's behind, hitters have a 800-something OPS when Garrett so Cole falls ahead, behind. Ahead, ahead in the count. If the batter's ahead in the count, 878 OPS. If Cole is ahead in the count, a 412 OPS, which is like below pedestrian. Um, and Jim, the other uh, the other what to watch for is the first pitch itself. So A, the first pitch is going to lead into the other thing. But first pitch, batters are hitting 356 with a 1.051 OPS. So again, it's this chicken and the mouse game with the Astros starters where uh, first pitch is probably going to be the best pitch you get. Uh, but if they also throw a slider out of the zone and you go chasing, uh, you're fucked. Yeah. So that's uh, that's the, the first pitch of every at-bat, which you could say this with any playoff, but I think it's multiplied with Cole. Um, I, I mean, that's that's what's going to dictate a lot of it. And hopefully the, the crowd can be rocking even though it's a 4 o'clock start because this is probably going to be not filling in, weird baseball, shadow ball. Once the shadows are past the mound, if it's a 0-0 game and the stadium is probably filled in at that point, um, then it should be wild. But we got to get yeah, past if it. Yeah, if you're going to the game, if you're listening to this, leave a half hour earlier than you're already planning because I heard stuff about the trains acting up. I, mean, I should, don't want to – You should be on I your way right now. I don't want to – I don't want to – look back at this game and say, yeah, it was a four o'clock start and the trains were down in New York. So Cole got to breeze through the first two. Yeah. Yeah. Same. All right. Let's go on to Homer draft. draft. You got to draft him. You got to draft him good. Draft him, draft him, draft him. Jake didn't get a Homer last game. Okay. Neither did I, but I never get him. Right. Right. But you didn't get one. That's bad. I look in the mirror and I ax myself. Jake, you have first pick. I do have first pick, Jim, and uh, this city needs a hero. <laughs> my first pick's going to suck, but I'm going to save it with my second pick. <laughs> my first pick's Edwin. Live and die with the parrot, baby. Um, Eddie... We need you big time. And my second pick, the actual hero we deserve is Judge, who you can't take, so I'm taking him second. Okay. Good pitch, Jake. Edwin, fucking run into one. He's my my favorite player on the team. Edwin, fucking run into one. And I was okay benching him if Stanton was (laughs) 60% healthy. (laughs) Okay, you want to know my picks? Yes. I have a pretty good track record of not getting any right in the postseason. Okay. I'm taking lefties. Ooh. I'm taking Brett the Jet Bang Bang Kid. Wow, this would be huge if this was Brett's bring down the stadium game. I'm okay with that. Brett, got, he, gets, he gets into uh, a 2-0 count somehow, Jake, right? Right. Spits on an off-speed... Takes a fastball a little too inside. Garrett Cole. I think it is Brett Gardner. I just rock one down the pipe. Brett Gardner doesn't stand for that. Bam. Home run. And my next pick. Yeah. I think you're all over it. 
but I think you got the pitcher wrong. Will Harris, Guardy, late. Wow. Okay, and then I got Hicks. Because you know what? Yeah. Make it a story. Believe in magic. First pitch, fastball, Hicks rocks it. Not going to happen. Hicks probably won't swing at the first five pitches. Hitting righty off of Cole? It's the talk of baseball? (laughs) The talk of the office? He's hitting righty off of Cole? He's not hitting righty. Not hitting righty. That was a myth busted. A lot of myths on this show. Did you like ever watching Mythbusters? Um, yes, but right? it was a TiVo show where I'd skip all the nonsense. I didn't like the characters right. of the show, so I didn't. Oh, I didn't care for their banter or their other stuff. I just literally wanted to see the actuality of the process and the testing. Mythbusters is a good cleaning show. Like you hear the topics, you find the one or two that you're into, you make sure you're doing something else to skip all that other stuff. And then when they do it, it's like, okay, pause. Yeah. Nice. What do you think the uh, over-under is? And don't cheat. You already cheated. Ooh, I haven't cheated. No. Okay, we both got it right last time. They lowered it to seven and a half, which is the lowest over-under we've had in the history of the Talking Yanks pregame show. We both called the under, and it was under. And I just lied. We had a game We had a game on May 10th, Jake, and May 12th, where the over-under was seven. I was going to say, we ran into some... Was that the West Coast trip? What was that? No, it was uh, in Tampa. Ah, there you go. With bad, like, injured lineups and bullpen days. Yeah. Tank's got their number. People think Snell's good. What do you think, Charlie Morton? What do you think uh, the over-under is? Seven and a half, again. I mean, if yeah, they're taking seven. shadows into account, Severino and Cole. Give me seven. I'll go balls out. Wow, so ballsy. So ballsy. Seven and a half. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take the over. Wow. I think... uh, And now you have me fucking freaked out. You were going to take the over? Oh, God. Well, I'm good at the over-under, so it's not like you should fade me. Oh, God. You're the most fadeable guy I've ever seen. You're like a fade factory. I'm uh, seven for my last nine. Correct. You're like a fade fest. I'm going going over, and I think it's a bullpen over. I think we're looking at like three to two or two to one. And then I think whoever gets to the bullpen, I think there's a big home run late in this game, like a three-run shot in the seventh, eighth, or ninth. Give me the under. Okay. Wow. Shadow season. You tethered? How do you think your tethered version of you would sound? Better than me. Wow, tough. Okay, give us your last words, Jake. Thanks, thanks for tuning would in. Speak confidently. No stutters. Parrot.